Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Church, as we get ready to worship, once you stand to your feet, I wanted to share a verse that has been on my heart this week, and it's in Psalm 59, and it says this, but as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love, for you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. Oh, my strength. How many of you knew that God's name was strength? It says to you. I sing praises for you, O oh God, are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. And if God is our strength, then we want to make sure that we declare that he is strong, that he is capable, that he is able to do more and abundantly, exceedingly more than we can think or imagine. So what I want us to do today is I want us to say this verse together and declare that he is God with power. He is God named strength. Let's say this together on three. One, two, three. But as for me, I will sing about your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. Oh, my strength. To you I sing praises. For you, oh God, are my refuge, the God who shows me unfailing love. Let's sing to God who is our strength this morning.
break the walls apart, open the heavens, almighty God, you are overcome, defender of my heart, by your power, Lord, by your power, the oceans open wide, your fire falls down, heaven and earth Shake the mountains, shake the mountains, break the walls apart, open the heavens. Almighty God, you are overcome, defender of my heart. By your power, the oceans open. Everything is safe. 
for some of you this morning, you came just to hear that message from that song. He's not going to fail you. He's never failed you before. He's not going to fail you now. So what is it you're carrying today? What burden? What do you need it? just an answer for? Maybe that's your finances. Maybe it's something within your family. Maybe it's something within the health of somebody you love. Or maybe even yourself. Don't you know that Christ is the firm foundation? The rock in which we can stand. Stuff around us can be going crazy. The world's economy is nuts. The things that are happening in the media, everything is, is it's going crazy. But it doesn't matter because you are on a firm foundation. It never fails. It never cracks. It never erodes. So what I want us to do this morning is... I want you to just bow your, bow your head with me, close your eyes, and I want you to picture whatever it is that you're worried about. Whatever it is, and I, I want you now to just hand it over to God. Relinquish control. Because we're just going to make a mess of it anyway give it to him. Tell him, tell him you trust him with it. I trust you, Lord, with this bill that I got. I don't know how I'm going to pay it. I trust you, Lord, with this diagnosis that we got in our family. I trust you with it. You're the great physician. We can heal. I trust you with that broken relationship. I trust you with my kids. what I want you to do is just I want you to scoot back in the aisle that you're in. Just scoot back towards your chair a little bit. And I want you to picture in front of you a rock of salvation. That firm foundation. I want you to picture that. Because there's times when we feel like we're on anything but a firm foundation. There's times that we feel like we are absolutely falling, sinking, struggling but we do that when we're trying to fix things in our own power but we want to put God's power in this situation so as you see that firm step if you see that firm, as you see that firm foundation in front of you what I want you to do we're going to do this together as a church we're going to step on to that firm foundation together so Lord we give this situation over to you completely we trust you with it we pray, Lord, that you would fix it. We pray, Lord, that you would come through for us in this area. And we're going to trust you to do that. And as a symbol of us trusting you and giving this over to you, we're going to take this step together as a church. And in three, two, one, take that step. As you step on that firm foundation, it is solid. There is peace there. There is power there. There is love there. There's acceptance there. And I pray, Lord, that you would keep us in this spot with you. We wouldn't step from it. We would know this is the safest place we can be. You've never failed us yet. You're not going to start now. We just pray that 
but all the stuff that's just been hitting us, Lord, that it would just, it would fade away with a peace that passes all understanding. We thank you for loving us, Lord. We thank you for giving us this cornerstone, this rock that we can stand on, this, this firm foundation which you've given us all. We love you for that, Lord. Help us to leave this place knowing you are in control. Help us not to take things back into our own control, but continue to give it to you on a daily basis. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's give our firm foundation a praise offering, Joey. So worth it. Thank you, God. You're so good to us. Well, welcome, Fellowship Church. Thank you so much for being a part of our services. Before you guys head back to your seats, greet one another wherever you are. Show the love of Christ in his house today. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. If you're watching from home, thank you so much for being a part of our services today. We know you've passed up a lot of other services to watch, and you're watching with us, and we thank you, and we truly look at you as a part of our family. Now, if you're new watching online, we'd love to have a record of you being here. So if you'll just text the word fellowship to 94000, we'll get you a link that will give you more information about the church, help you get better connected here at Fellowship. Now, if you are new here in uh, our live service, uh, if you'd like to get some more information, it's super easy to do so. So you can, like I said, text the word fellowship to 94,000. Or you know what? Here's, here's the best thing to do if you're visiting here live. Go to the information counter, fill out a visitor's card, and when you do, you get a free specialty drink to our coffee shop for everybody in your visiting party. So make sure you do that before you leave. We would just love to know you're here. Also, we'd like to be able to get you an invitation to a guest reception that we'll be having here in the next few weeks. Well, we're going to continue to worship now with the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you've come prepared to give back today. You know, there's all kinds of ways you can give here at Fellowship. You can, you can text tithe. You can uh, tithe on um, the Church Center app or on the website, as well as drop-off offerings uh, in the lobby if you'd like or mail them in. But as you get ready to do that, let me say a prayer, a blessing over you. Lord, we know that everything good in our life has come from you. And I pray, Lord, that you would just take care of our finances like only you can. They're based on your glorious riches, not our own, not this world's. And so, Lord, you know our finances way better than I do. You know the things that are coming up. And I pray, Lord, that you would be able to just come through for us, pay the bills that we need to be paid, that need to be paid, take care of the issues that we might have with, with our home or, or, or some type of maintenance issue. God, you, you can do all things. We know that. And so we give you all things, and I pray, Lord, that you would just bless like only you can. Take care of us, God, and we will stay faithful in giving back to you. So bless us now like only you can. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give. And we got several things that are coming up here at Fellowship that you're going to want to hear about. Share Fest is coming up this weekend. You've been hearing us talk a lot about it over the last few weeks, and we're excited to jump into our community and help in this practical way. Spring cleaning can feel overwhelming to anyone, but to the elderly and disabled, it's impossible. By washing windows, getting swamp coolers ready for the summer, raking and weeding yards and more, these simple tasks are huge. Every year we hear story after story of how much of a blessing it is to bless others. So sign up as an individual, grab your small group or family and adopt a project to be completed this coming Saturday and Sunday. The gray boards are on the west side of the lobby. 
Camp 4640 is one month away. One month away, y'all. This is one of my favorite events of the year. The fun, connection, and expedited growth that happens during this weekend is foundational for your middle school and high schoolers' faith. We do have a wait list for girls, but we have a few spots open for boys still. Our prayer is that your student walks away from this event changed and so marked by it that as they grow older, that they would not part from knowing and loving God. He is real, he cares for them and loves them and has a hope and future in store for their lives. Okay, so this summer is coming up so fast. Parents, you have to save the date for Super Kids Conference. It's taking place July 21st through the 23rd. This fun event is for any kids going into second grade through going into sixth. Our youth staff does an amazing job of teaching kids about Jesus in an age-appropriate way. The knowledge and understanding that they come home with is so faith-building. You have to get them registered. We are very excited to announce the save the date for a trip to Israel. Year after year, we've gotten questions about going on a fellowship sponsor trip to the Holy Land. And next April, 2024, we are making it happen. So start saving and requesting dates off of work now so that we can share this incredibly impactful experience together. This 10-day trip will be from April 9th through the 18th in 2024. Prices and details will be coming soon. If you've been following along with The Chosen series, we pray that you are being encouraged and that the Word of God is coming alive in your daily living. Enjoy part two of The Chosen. to pray about really big, intense things. Sometimes we flower up the prayer to make it sound more serious, but that is not how kids roll. When kids pray, they just pray what's in their heart. And I found some prayers that some elementary age kids wrote, and I thought it'd be really fun to take a look at those together. So let's get up the first one. This one says, Dear God, did you mean for the giraffe to look like that, or was it an accident, Norma? It's real honest, real honest. Let's see the next one. It says, Dear God, I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Neil, thanks for asking, Neil. Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There is nothing good in there right now, Jenny. I, I see your point, Jenny. Next one, Dear God, if you let the dinosaur not extinct, we would not have a country. You did the right thing, <laughs> Jonathan. Okay, well, I mean, that sounds true. Okay, <laughs> dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get big, just not with so much hair all over. Okay, Sam, hope Sam's a boy. Uh, <laughs> next one, dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much. They have their own rooms. It works for me with my brother, Larry. That's some good advice, Larry. And the last one, this one's my favorite. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother. But what I prayed for was a puppy, Joyce. 
right? This morning we're talking about what to do when you don't get what you prayed for. What do you do when you prayed for a puppy but you end up with a baby brother? Or you prayed for a breakthrough but you end up stuck? Or you prayed for blessings in your finances and you end up laid off? What do you do when you don't get what you prayed for? Well, let's jump right in. Matthew chapter 10, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. So Jesus gives these instructions to his 12 closest followers. And then he says, now I'm also giving you this authority. So go, go and preach the good news and heal people and see people come back to life again. And so the 12 disciples, they go out into the known world preaching the gospel. And so we've been in this series, The Chosen, right? And the idea here is that they're trying to make the Bible come alive. And so the scene that we're going to watch today takes place right after Jesus sits with the 12 and says, I'm going to send you and I'm going to give you this power to heal the sick. And so the writers of The Chosen, they imagined, they imagined a conversation that might take place between Jesus and one of his followers. Now this conversation is not in the Bible, but it is biblical. And what I mean by that is everything that little James says in this conversation sounds human to me. And everything Jesus says in response, or most things, are actually supported elsewhere within scripture. And so it's not in the Bible, but it's biblical. And I think the writers of The Chosen thought to themselves, man, what are the chances that maybe one of these 12 being sent felt unworthy? That they felt like maybe they didn't have what it takes. And possibly the reason they felt unworthy was that they themselves were sent to heal, but they had some type of physical limitation. Let's take a look. Master. Little James. May I have a moment? Of course. I am... Um... Forgive me, I'm uh, not always confident to speak. Slow to speak, it's a very good quality. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question. Please? So you're sending us out with the ability to heal the sick and lame. Yes, that, that is what you said. Yes. So you're telling me that I have the ability to heal difficult to imagine with my condition, which you haven't healed. Do you want to be healed? Yes, of course, if, if that's possible. I think you've seen enough to know it's possible. Then why haven't you? Because I trust you. What? Little James. Precious little James. I need you to listen to me very carefully. 
Because what I'm going to say defines your whole life to this point and will define the rest of your life. Do you understand? In the Father's will, I could heal you right now. And you'd have a good story to tell, yes? Yes, that you do miracles. And that's a good story. But there are already dozens who can tell that story. And there will be hundreds more, even thousands. But think of the story that you have, especially in this journey to come, if I don't heal you. To know how to proclaim that you still praise God in spite of this. To know how to focus on all that matters, so much more than the body. To show people that you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Not many. But the others, they're so much more. So much more what? I don't know. Stronger? Better at this? James, I love you. But I don't want to hear that ever again. I know how easy it is to say the Song of David, that I fearfully and wonderfully made. But it doesn't make this any easier. And in this group, it doesn't make me feel like any less of a burden. A burden? <laughs> First of all, it is far easier to deal with your slow walking than it is to deal with Simon's temper. <laughs> Trust me. Are you fast? Do you look impressive when you walk? Maybe not. But these are things the Father doesn't care about. You are going to do more for me than most people ever dream. So many people need healing in order to believe in me or they need healing because their hearts are so sick. That doesn't apply to you. And many are healed or not healed because the Father in heaven has a plan for them which may be a mystery. And we remember what Job said. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When you pass from this earth and you meet your Father in heaven, where Isaiah promises you will leap like a deer, your reward will be great. So hold on a little longer. And when you discover yourself finding true strength because of your weakness, and when you do great things in my name, in spite of this, the impact will last for generations. Do you understand? Yes.
a man like you healing others. <laughs> oh, what a sight. I can't wait to hear your stories when you return. Shalom, my son. Shalom. And James. Remember. You will be healed. It's only a matter of time. my mom has been in chronic pain and she has so many diagnoses and so many medical opinions she doesn't even know what to do with them and the doctors will say do this or do that and she tries it but it never really seems to bring much relief she's allergic to several hundred things and it's been this way ever since I can remember and she loves Jesus she reads her Bible every day, and she prays for her healing, as do I, and yet she's not healed. And when our prayers aren't answered in the way that we expect, there's always this question that our soul asks, and it's, do you see this, God? Do you care about what we're going through? And many times we follow that with a why. And whether the healing that you're seeking is a physical healing or an emotional healing or a relational healing or it's some other type of unanswered prayer, what do good people do, godly people do, when it doesn't feel like God is answering their prayer? Now, I don't know your personal situation. I don't know what you're going through, and I cannot... I can't tell you why. Anything that I would say as an answer would be trite compared to a lifetime of pain. But I can, I can tell you this. The Bible tells us that our prayers are always heard. Psalm 34, it says, The Lord hears his people when they call out to him for help. Our prayers are always heard and they are always answered, just not always in the way that we were hoping for. So youth pastors around the world, they teach their teenagers that, that God always answers prayer in one of four ways. And they use this because it rhymes and it's easy to remember. And it says that prayers are always answered either with go, slow, grow, or no. Go means go for it. Go grab hold of that blessing. That's the yes answer. Slow means not yet. There's a timing piece, there's a season, there's a rhythm to this. And the answer will be yes someday, but right now it's slow. And grow is when we're saying there's something in us as the person asking that needs to grow or change, that we're not ready to handle that blessing yet. And then the fourth one is no. That sometimes God hears our prayers, he answers it, but the answer is no. Because he wants to do something different than we're imagining. He wants to do something that's different than what we're picturing or what we're hoping for. I hate, I hate being told no um, by anyone. It really stinks. And I can swallow it better in my 40s than I could in my 20s. But the truth is sometimes God has to tell me no. And I don't like it any better than the next guy. But... The no's are easier to accept and understand when I realize that this is not 
all about me. That I am not the center of the universe. I'm not the main character in the plot. When I look at the Bible from creation through human history and all of it unfolding, it's easy to see that the main character of all of this is God. God is the main character. I am like an extra at best. And so God does not exist to serve me or, or to do exactly what I want, but I exist to serve him and the people around me. And knowing this helps us to understand why do we pray? The purpose of prayer is not to get God to do what we want or to do our will. The purpose of prayer is not to always get a yes from God. He's not a puppet on a string to be manipulated into doing what we want. The purpose of prayer is to get to know God so that we can do God's will. Contrary to popular belief, God is not like a cosmic Santa Claus where we can just give him our list of wants and, and then he just magically delivers them to us when we want them if we've been good enough. And God's also not like a God drive through like a God filet where you pull up and you push a button and you place an order and then an angel runs out with what you want and says, my pleasure. It's not, it's not like God filet, like God is not a button to be pushed, but a relationship to be pursued. God wants us to love him and show that love to others. And we exist so that God can, can love us. And when God has to say no to us, we remember that the purpose of prayer is to know him and to do his will, not just to get what we want. And when God decides that he wants to do something different, even if it's like goes against what we think is best. Even if it goes against what we think is completely logical, sometimes he just chooses to do something different because it's not about us. It might be about the people around us. 1 John 5 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now the verse says, according to his will. Not according to my understanding, not according to my wisdom, not according to my own wants or desires, but anything I can ask according to his will. And maybe as much as you think that you need or want or it's best to have your prayer answered, maybe God just has something different in mind. And so prayer isn't about getting what we want. It's not about controlling God. God is the only one that's in control. And so when we pray, we're releasing that control to God. And we're saying, God, even if I don't see it the same as you, I trust you to do it. Let's listen to this song and let's really focus our hearts on this idea of putting our trust in the Lord. Letting go of every single dream. One down at your feet Every moment in my wandering Never changes what you see I've tried to win this war, I confess My hands are weary, I need your rest Mighty warrior, king of the fire you're by my side 
trust him. Even when he doesn't give the answer that we think is best or we expect, we can trust him. And when we don't get what we think we need, it doesn't cancel the promises that he's already made to us. So five promises this morning that God gives to those who don't get what they prayed for. Number one, he is with you. So many times when we aren't receiving the answer we want in prayer, We think it's because maybe God's not there. Like he's not with us in our pain or in our suffering. But the Bible clearly states something different. In Isaiah 43, God is the one speaking and he says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. This verse says when, when you go through difficulty, when you go through deep waters, when you walk through the flame, it's letting us know we should expect. We should expect hard times and trials to come our way. But when that happens, he's with us. I know in my personal life, I feel God the most closely when I'm struggling. Because he draws near, the Bible says, to the brokenhearted. The second promise is he loves you. It's easy to fall into this trap that when hard times comes and unanswered prayers, that that must mean that God is disappointed in us and that he's punishing us. And humans have believed that lie for generations, that when suffering comes, that it means that God has withdrawn his favor from us and God has withdrawn his love from us. That's untrue. The Bible says in Romans 8, can anything ever separate us from the love of Christ? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even all the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. No thing can separate us from God's love. And even when we experience trials or pain, that he still loves us. And this can be hard to grasp, but as parents, it makes sense. I mean, could you imagine, say you're at the park with your child and they're young, and they've been playing and you're talking with your spouse or with other parents, and all of a sudden your child comes running up to you, holding their arm, and it's grotesque, like a bone is sticking out of their arm. In any moment, A parent instantly knows what to do. No good parent would be like, ew, 
Get that gross thing away from me. You need to go deal, you need to get yourself cleaned up and deal with your problem and your pain and your suffering over there away from me. Don't bring that nasty, bloody, no. As parents, even human parents, imperfect parents, we would rush to that child. We would scoop that child up. We would show love. We would be close. We would bring them and sit with them through the emergency room, through surgery, through anything that had to happen. We would be there for that child. And the Bible says if we who aren't perfect parents know how to do that, how much more does God, who is the perfect father, know how to lavish his love upon his children? Number three, God is still working. John 5 says, Jesus replied, my father is always working, and so am I. So the Red Sea still flowed until suddenly it stopped. And blind Bartimaeus was still blind until suddenly he could see. And the, the paraplegic being lowered through the roof couldn't move until suddenly he could stand up and walk. And the widow was starving and had no resources during the famine until suddenly God gave her provision. And so God is always working and every miracle we experience feels like a prayer that we've prayed that's been answered with a no. Until suddenly it's a go. And Philippians 1 says, I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God is up to something. Even when everyone else has given up hope. Think of Lazarus in the Bible. He's dead. He's in the grave four days. And the Bible says everyone's like, no, he stinks. Or in the King James, he stinketh. And Jesus is still working. Everyone else has given up, but Jesus is still working and Lazarus comes up out of the grave on the fourth day. And we have to keep hope. We have to keep hope because the difference between a prayer answered with a no or a prayer answered with a grow or a, a slow is the blink of God's eye. And in the blink of God's eye, it can change to a go. The fourth truth that God gives us is that God will bring an end to all pain. Now, personally, I hate suffering. Okay, I don't like pain of any kind. And when my husband and I were getting ready to give birth to our youngest son, we went to the hospital. And the nurse said, do you have a birthing plan? And I said, yes. It's very detailed and I have it memorized. It is, I do not want to feel any pain she took care of me. But I have a friend, Sarah, she works here at the church as well, and, and she went to the hospital and she decided to have her baby naturally with no medication of any kind, on purpose. She did this on purpose. And here, she, this will help you understand Sarah. She eats kale deliberately and likes it, okay? So there's just a difference in terms of pain threshold, and I am not as tough as Sarah. But here's the truth, eventually all pain will end. Eventually all suffering comes to an end, and it's all made right. And the end of the story for every believer in Jesus is wholeness and healing. Revelations 21 says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things will be gone forever. For a believer, we can look forward to an eternity with no pain in what the Bible calls a resurrected or glorious body. 
Philippians 3, it says, We are all citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak and mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he brings everything under his control. I've never heard anyone talk more about their heavenly body that they're going to get someday than my mom. For her, it's very real. And I think it's because the body she was born with has just been broken from the beginning. And so she thinks about it all the time. She'll, when I talk to her on the phone, she'll be like, yes, when we get to heaven, when I get my new body, we're, I'm going to have a sleepover in the backyard with all the grandkids. I'm going to sleep on the ground. It's going to be awesome. Or she'll say, when, when, when we get to heaven, I really want to go fishing. Because that would be so much fun. When I get my new body, I want to go fishing. When I get my new body, I want to ride in a boat. And the bouncing of the waves will finally not hurt my back. When I get my new body, I want to hike. And she has all these dreams of what it will be like when she finally gets her new body. And it's real to her. It's real that she will trade in her broken human body for a brand new heavenly model. That has no limits, no pain, and, and no... Nothing holding her back because of her age. Promise number five, he will use what you are going through for his glory. The Apostle Paul had some type of ailment. And most theologians believe that it was a physical ailment of some sort. Maybe something wrong with his eyes. Second Corinthians, it says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. So Paul prayed for healing. The apostle Paul, the guy who wrote half the New Testament, who God used repeatedly to bring healing miracles to the lives of other people, who God used to raise someone from the dead, had a physical disability that he prayed about that God did not answer in the way that he hoped for. But God answered him nonetheless. Verse 9, it says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And so we find that there's something about weakness, about our brokenness, about our suffering, about our hardships, that somehow God takes that and he flips it and he makes it into something beautiful in an unexpected way. So Paul responds to that, and he says, now I am glad to boast about my weakness. So the power of Christ can work through me, and that's why I take pleasure in my weakness, in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know why God didn't answer Paul's prayer the way Paul expected I don't know. I don't know why God doesn't answer my mom's prayer in the way that we all expected. She'll go to the grocery store, autoimmune disease, hurting. She'll run into a friend. They'll always ask, Sue, how are you? And she'll have a story. Well, I stumbled and I broke three ribs. Or I got trigger finger in eight of my fingers. There's always something that's breaking down about her body. And she'll tell her friend, then she always does this. Then she always says, but God, God is so faithful. God is so good. God's sustaining me. God's with me. And she'll end up ministering and cheering this other person up. 
with the faithfulness and goodness of God in spite of the pain that she's walking in. And I don't know why God doesn't just heal it. And I don't know why God doesn't just answer your prayer the way that you're expecting him to. But I do know this. I know, I know that he is with you. I know that he loves you. I know that he's still working. And I know that there will be an end to the pain that you're experiencing. And I know that he's going to work all of it together for his glory. Let's pray together. God, we pray for each person in this room that needs a miracle, that needs healing in their body or in their relationships or in their soul. And we ask that you would heal them. If this is the day, God, that, that you would do a miraculous healing, we ask that you would. But if it's not, we continue to trust you. We continue to believe and testify that you are good, that you're able, that you're worthy, and that you love us. And we thank you for trusting us. We pray that you find us faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we love you, church family. We will see you next Sunday morning. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. And I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text the word heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions that you might have. And also, if you're in need of prayer, we'd love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries here, text the word fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff today. And as always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. And thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.